Salute and greetings to Rewind the Clock. And today we've got a very special guest and we're going to be looking at the history of Kilmainham Jail. Yes, and our very special guest, I'm going to introduce you to her right now. Well, she's actually, and tell her all about herself. Over to you. Hello there. Uh, my name is Aoife Torpy and I work in Kilmainham Jail Museum here in Dublin City. And uh, I'm delighted to be here today. Thank you very much for asking me. And uh, I'm going to talk about Kilmainham Jail, its history, and the museum and the work we do here uh, at the museum. Oh, yes. I'm looking forward to it. So before we go, I think we get the mundane bit out of the way, because every bam to ask, obviously because of COVID, how did it affect the running of your museum and things? Well, like many museums and sites, we actually were closed for much of 2020 and 2021, which was unfortunate, but obviously we have to keep people safe, staff yes. and visitors. Um, but we have recently reopened only only a month ago on oh. the 30th of July, which wow. um, now it's much more reduced than it would normally be. Um, it's a, an escorted visit through the ground floor of the jail and the yards and visitors can go to the museum. But it's wonderful to see visitors back um, and to see staff back as well, yes. some of whom we <laughs> haven't seen in person for months. Yes. Um, but while we were shut for COVID, we didn't stop working. We kept on going. Um, my colleague Brian Crowley did a wonderful series of videos called Kilmainham on Lockdown, um, oh, where wow. he took visitors remotely into places um, of the jail where you might not normally get to go um, or into cells and things like that. And we put those videos up on our Facebook page and on YouTube and people loved them. Ooh, that was nice. really wonderful to get people engaging from their, their living room and from yes. their bedroom. Um, oh. And we also put together a number of displays for centenaries that happened in, in 2020 and 2021. And uh, we had to pivot, obviously, nobody could come and see them. But we oh. did put some of them online with RTE, the national broadcaster here in Ireland. And now that we're open again, visitors can see them. They've been waiting. Oh. People oh, can wow. see the exhibitions. So I suppose one of the... Um let's be honest, there's sometimes there's a, a plus to COVID, I suppose, is you can actually catch up on things you couldn't normally do because you're busier, do you know what I mean? So catch yes. up on any research you need to do and polish up any displays. So in a way, it's, one, well, good in a way, I suppose, but I don't really think on that. But uh... <laughs> It was different, certainly, a different yeah. way of doing things. Yeah. Um, but it, it's great to have some visitors back and obviously as covid restrictions allow we'll be able to do more things that'd be great so you know the things that you, t you talked about the um uh video things that are on your website are they still up there now yes they're uh, they're on our facebook page kilmainham jail museum and they're also on the office of public works uh youtube channel all right um, but if you go to our website you should be able to follow a link for kilmainham on lockdown oh brilliant thank you now i didn't know that so i'll watch that after then well, they're very good. Now, it wasn't me. I'm not taking credit. It was my colleague, Brian, but they're really wonderful. And people enjoyed them, which was yeah. all that matters. And I suppose because he's by himself, he, he probably goes to places that we're not allowed to go as well, isn't it? Exactly, yes. The, the jail itself is a very large complex. Mm. I think people are um, surprised by how big it is. And obviously, for safety and for, for time constraints, we can't take people everywhere. Mm. Um, we have a set tour route, though that has been adapted yes. due to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so just showing people mm. that areas that you wouldn't necessarily fit a group uh, of ordinary tourists into. Um, yes. Yeah, no, really wonderful, like the basement and the kitchens. And oh, wow. Like that. Oh, I have to watch this myself, to be honest. One, one of the things about finding fast with the with the jail is... 
because the entrance is different, isn't it? You've changed the entrance around, haven't you? And Because yes. the main entrance used to be, you can still see the um, bit where, where they used to hang people, isn't it? Yes. Um, so Kilmainham was a place of execution mm. um, throughout its lifetime. Um, most of those hangings were public up until the 1860s. 1868 public hanging was outlawed. Um, so yes, there were hangings took place over the front door of Kilmainham Jail and there wouldn't have been railings. Today we do have railings yes. in front of the jail. They went in in the 1880s, but up till the 1880s you could get right underneath and uh, hanging days were almost like holidays. Yeah, everybody like a party, came, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, everybody came to watch and there would be people drinking, selling broadsheets, selling ballads, <laughs> uh, pickpockets. There was more crime happening around hangings. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, you'd be seeing somebody their last few moments uh, in front of a crowd of thousands. Um, and that's part of the reason why they move hangings indoors to the prison is because whatever effect it was supposed to have in scaring people away from crime it wasn't working yes uh, pe- people were going to hangings for fun <laughs> it's cheap entertainment anyway, but, uh, now if i remember rightly it was built in 1796 yes it opened in 1796 as the county jail for dublin right um, and then it uh, operated as a civilian prison until 1910 when a uh, drop in crime numbers meant that they actually shut the jail um, and they transferred all the prisoners off to Mountjoy Prison on Dublin right. North Side, which is still a prison today. Oh. Um, so across those years, it was open. Hundreds of thousands of prisoners uh, uh, passed through Kilmainham Jail, mm-hmm. uh, many of whom were committed for relatively short periods of time, 24 hours, six months, two yes. weeks, um, for what we would consider quite petty crime. Um, mm. But we do see an awful lot of people being committed scores of times, tens of times, because they get into a pattern of reoffending. It's harder to get a job once you've been in prison, harder mm. to stay out of prison when you don't have a job. Yeah, um, that's true. But obviously, as you said, with executions, we do have more serious crimes like murder, uh, assault and rape. And there are over 140 people hanged at Kilmainham Jail, um, three of whom were women Wow. Um, for murder. Yeah. Um, oh. Now, so the majority of our prisoners are these ordinary in inverted commas, uh, prisoners, people um, who were committing things we would consider crimes, things we might not consider crimes. Exactly, yeah. Um, But Kilmainham (laughs) is most famous uh, as a place of imprisonment for those involved in the movement for Irish independence from Great Britain. So that's what we're most famous for. It's what people, if if anybody knows about Kilmainham Jail, if you ask them, they'll think about that. Think of that, exactly. Because we're going to touch on that later on, actually. Because I think what is fascinating if I'm right, wasn't the jail open four years prior to the Act of Dis- uh, Act of Union, which abolished the Parliament in Dublin? So I think Correct, that's yes. very vo- uh, a vocal point, isn't it? Yes, it opens before that point, and then after the Act of Union, Ireland is part of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and yes. Ireland, and there's no more Parliament in Dublin. All of the decisions are made in Westminster, and this is what uh, a crux of a lot of the movement for Irish independence, even those who were going through political means rather than rebellion, was yes. that there was no representation. And um, this is an awful lot of the, the struggle was for, yes. not even just for a fully independent Ireland, but for a parliament. Some people would have settled for a parliament yes. in Ireland. <laughs> I don't see why they did it. I don't know. It doesn't seem strange, doesn't, seem strange, doesn't it? Because when you think about it, I don't know, slightly out slightly, you think people like Scotland and Wales seem to have better treatment than over in Ireland, if you see what I mean. Does that make sense? 
I think it's just different. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about different histories between yeah. the, the nations, different periods of conquest this and is, yeah. um, reconquest. Um, yeah. So it's, it's all different different states. Um, but obviously the, the Act of Union was preceded in 1798 by a rebellion in Ireland, in, in Ireland yes. 1798 rebellion, in which thousands and thousands of people died. Kilmainham ends up with a lot of prisoners yeah, as imagine. a result of that as well. Yes. Um, so the Act of Union doesn't just come out of nowhere, but mm. it is, it's political machination as well. Yes, that's It's not true. just, it's not mm. Ireland's fault. No, exactly, yes. <laughs> I tell you what is fascinating as well is, isn't it, tr- well, I don't know how true it is, one of the youngest prisoners was during the uh, famines, one of the famines, he stole, or it might have been a boy or a girl, not too sure, stole in order to get into the prison so, so they could be fed. Was- well... There is, there's two stories there. There's oh, one, right. the story of child prisoners. And yes, Kilmainham did have child prisoners. They don't consider, as we do today, children to be separate. They yes. consider them to be mini adults, mm. and therefore responsible. So our youngest prisoner is a boy called Matthew Rossiter, and he was only five years old. Wow. <laughs> um, and he was committed to jail along with his mother. And the two of them were um, sentenced for stealing a piece of chain. Um, oh, and they right. spent... Uh, they spent about two months in Kilmainham jail. Now, obviously, Matthew was with his mum, but we yes. do have prisoners as young as eight years old who are imprisoned on their own. Wow. There was a girl called Alicia Kelly who was imprisoned for stealing a cloak. So that's what I mean is they don't consider these to be children. No. They aren't to be protected like we would. They're to be punished so that they yes. don't become hardened criminals. Mm. Um, but then, yes, as you were saying, during the famine, people did commit crimes in order to come into the jail. So in 1845, uh, when the potato crop failed... It, and then successively failed for years, you have a situation where the majority of the population of Ireland rely on the potato for food. Mm. Um, so famine sets in, and over the period of the famine, over a million people die, and over a million emigrate. So it completely changes the fabric of Irish society. Yes. But the prisons become sort of a battleground of that uh, event. Not only... Do you see a rise in food-related crimes, people stealing lettuce, people stealing even grass to eat, being committed to the prison, but then also people deliberately committing crimes in order to come into the jail because no matter how bad the situation was in the prison, you were guaranteed some food. In response to that, the prison authorities uh, lowered the food. They lowered the diet in the prison because it couldn't be seen that the prison was a better alternative um, to what being outside was. But to give you some context for the famine so in the 1840s our our numbers of committals per year are about 1200 1300 right. uh by 1850 when you've seen years and upon years of the famine and the impact that's had by 1850 we had over 9000 people committed to Kilmainham jail so that really puts in stark numbers mm. what the effect of the famine was um so you're talking about massive overcrowding up to five people per cell that were supposed to hold one <laughs> people sleeping on corridors. Um, Obviously, there's no potatoes to be had, so the meal in the prison is porridge, oats, maize, meal, things like that. But it's still better than nothing. This is true, yes. Gosh. Now, and all as well, if people come to the jail, well, the notice is in the the big area inside. And I I think, is it called panoptic? It's Yeah, it's a version of a panoptic. That's it. I couldn't think of the word then. (laughs) Well, you were close. (laughs) Thank you. Um, yes, panopticon is a, it's not a true panopticon, no. but it's a version of it. It's, it's the all-seeing eye. So the East Wing, which is the more modern part of the jail, it opened in the 1860s, um, intended so that a guard stationed 
can uh, in one point can see all of the cells yeah. there's 96 cells in the east wing and you can if you stand towards the end of the wing you can see every single one of those cells oh, wow. and then in addition of course all the cells have spy holes you're always being able to walk, be watched by a prison guard yeah. and that's part of the prison routine is that you're, you're never left alone you always are being watched so you can't do anything you have to be on your best behavior um it was also intended obviously the prisoners should be on their own in a cell solitary where you had to think about what you had done and what you were going to do going forward but up until the 1850s overcrowding was a huge problem in Kilmainham jail um, but then when they began reforming prisons after that point and also due to the population loss after the famine uh, you yes. do begin to see one person per cell um, in the jail. Yes. So, and as you said earlier, which is remarkable, is that the um, it is more famous for from the 1916, the events yeah. of that, when all the prisoners um, came in yes. lost. So, as I said, most of our prisoners are ordinary, but yeah. when you think of Kilmainham Jail, the 1916 Rising is really what people associate yes. with us. So the 1916 Rising happened in Easter, 1916. Uh, a small group of rebels occupied key positions across Dublin City and then a number of other locations outside of Dublin. Um, and they declared an Irish Republic. They proclaimed an independent Ireland. They held out for about a week against increasingly large numbers of British army reinforcements. And then they surrendered. In the aftermath of the Rising, thousands of men, and quite a few women were arrested um, a lot of those were processed here at Kilmainham Jail or in nearby Richmond Barracks before being sent off to uh, prisons in England and in Scotland. Oh. Um, but during this period, uh, there are 14 executions at Kilmainham Jail. And these are 14 men uh, who were leaders of the mm. Rising. They were either leaders of the garrisons or they also were the men who signed the proclamation, the Irish Independence. Yes. Um, so they were executed between the 3rd of May and the 12th of May. They were shot by firing squad in the Stonebreakers yard at the jail, which is probably the most famous point in the jail and is one of the most poignant stops, I think. On yes, the tour. it is. I agree. Um, it's a, a surprisingly desolate place, considering beyond the prison wall is one of the main roads through Kilmainham. But you wouldn't know that, I no. think, when you stand in there. Um, but yes, so that's the 1916 Rising is really key in the history of the jail and, and what people associate it with. Those 14 men mm. were executed very quickly. They had been court-martialed secretly. Um, and though the Rising was initially quite popular with people because Dublin had been pretty much destroyed, uh, hundreds of people were dead, many of them civilians who had nowhere else to go during the fighting. Um, but executions like those 14 men. And then there were another two outside of Dublin um, oh. and in London. Uh, and then also all of these men who had been arrested and these women, some of whom had nothing to do with the rising. This sort of changed people's opinion and the rising began to gather popular support in Ireland. Right. Gosh, because uh, one of the executions, one of the, was he fastened to a chair? Because he was yes. that badly so, wounded. It's like, it, yeah. Oh. That, that one in particular, that was James Connolly, That's who was, name, yes. um, he was a socialist and he was uh, the leader of the Irish Citizen Army. And he had been shot during the Rising um, and mm. while he was inspecting areas around the GPO, the General Post Office, the headquarters of the rebels. Um, and he was actually already dying of gangrene. He was oh. taken to the Red Cross Hospital in Dublin Castle, in Dublin City Centre. He was treated there, court-martialed there and sentenced to death. Oh. So... 
he he wasn't held in Kilmainham jail. He was brought on the day of his execution via an ambulance and carried into the Stonebreakers yard where he was propped up in a chair and shot. <laughs> yes, yeah, so people felt that in particular was very cruel. Yes. And then also one of the leaders, uh, Joseph Plunkett, had been granted permission to marry his fiancée right, the yeah. night before his execution. Her name was Grace Gifford. Um, they were married in the Roman Catholic chapel here at the jail and... Uh, after the ceremony was completed, at which the only witnesses were two soldiers, oh. even though Grace's sister was a prisoner in Kilmainham at oh, the time. Wow. Um, but uh, Grace was taken away and then a couple of hours later was brought back to spend just 10 minutes with her new husband, Joseph, in his cell. Um, and that's all they got, unfortunately. And she was taken away and he was executed the next morning. So also people heard these stories and, and it began to change public yeah, opinion. Yeah, I can imagine, yes. One way it's uh, swaying people's opinion, isn't it, when you think about it. And then not long after, uh, after the Great War, wasn't it, it, just, it handed back over to the um, General Prison Board, isn't it? That... So it was, after 1910, it had been given to the British military to say, use yeah. as a billet, um, particularly for overflow for recruits during the First World War. And ah. that's why they used it in 1916 as a detention centre because it right. was empty of prisoners and it had plenty of soldiers to act as guards. Ah. Um, so they use it up through up through the, the Great War, through 1918. Um, part of it is given back to the General Prisons Board, but they also retain use of it as uh, a billet. So they keep soldiers there. And then in December 1920, they actually reopen it as a prison for um, members of the Irish Republican Army, which yes. is the repurposed Irish volunteers of the 1916 Rising, who are fighting uh, for Irish independence. And, yes. Um, these are high-profile IRA men, some of whom had been involved with the uh, shooting of British intelligence officers on Bloody Sunday in November mm. 1920, and others were suspected of other events like that. So they held they hold them in Kilmainham Jail. Um, until February 1921, when embarrassingly, three of them escape. <laughs> oh, <shit. clears throat> uh, so oh, wow. on the 14th of February 1921, three men, Frank Teeling, Simon Donnelly and Ernie O'Malley. Right. Excuse me, escape out one of the gates of the jail. Uh, now, they were actually helped in this by ah. one of the soldiers who was guarding them. He was a member of the Welsh Regiment, um, ah. which was guarding them at the time. He smuggled in bolt cutters and uh, communicated with the IRA outside. They managed to get out of their cells. They had been left unlocked. They snuck through the silent corridors. They cut the bolt on the gate and they managed to get away scot-free. Wow. Those three men were not actually recaptured by the British military. Um, oh. So it was very, very embarrassing, obviously. And then also, they no longer knew who they could trust in the Welsh regiment. So they actually court-martialed a number of them in Kilmaine Courthouse, which Ooh. is beside the jail. And two of that. them were found guilty. Privates Holland and Roper um, were found guilty and sentenced to eight years penal servitude, which um, they serve about a year of before they're released in 1922. Very quietly, they're released in 1922. Oh. Obviously, now that they seem to have a security problem in Kilmainham Jail, yep. they transfer the remaining prisoners who hadn't escaped off to Mountjoy Prison because you couldn't be sure something wouldn't happen again. So it's closed again very briefly. And then in May 1921, the jail is reopened to hold about 90 Irish uh, IRA members who had been arrested at the burning of the Customs House oh, on the right. 25th of May 1921. So this was a big propaganda coup 
the IRA went into the customs house and they set it on fire. This was the uh, centre of local government records. So it was oh. seen as a representative of the British Empire. Um, so they set it on fire, but they're surrounded and they are arrested. So those men are brought to Kilmainham Jail after some time in Arbor Hill. Um, and they are, they call themselves the Customs House Fire Brigade, which I think is very funny. Yes, it is. It's they a good name, that. <laughs> a very funny sense of humour. Um, and they are eventually joined by more prisoners who are arrested uh, for various things, including your grandfather. Yes, he was uh, there, yeah. <laughs> Patrick Joseph Noonan, who was arrested in June 1921 yep. um, at 41 Rutland Square, which mm -hmm. we now call Parnell Square, um, at a suspected IRA signalling class. Yes. So there's 42 men arrested, but that's, that's quite a number. Um, and they call themselves the Fanners, which yes. is pretty funny. I suspect yeah, in reference to signalling flags. You're um, probably right there. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, they're held, they're brought to the Royal Barracks first, which is now Collins Barracks, right. which is the site of one of the National Museum of Ireland's um, uh, museum sites. And then to Collinstown Camp, which was a processing centre out uh, what is now Dublin Airport, but was Collinstown Aerodrome then. And then they're brought to Kilmainham Jail. So they joined the Customs House Fire Brigade, the Fanners and the Fire Brigade. Nice, um, funny, yeah. it's like, that's and, a good uh, name. They're held in the jail. Um, probably, he probably had a cellmate. We think there were two men per cell at the time. Yeah. Um, and what's really important to note is that these men are internees mm. rather than prisoners. So that right. gives them some privileges that ordinary prisoners wouldn't have got. Oh, right. They're allowed to wear their own clothes. They're allowed to freely associate with each other during the day. So they're not locked into their cells during the day. Um, they're allowed to exercise in the yard as they see fit. So they had a full handball competition in one of the yards mm. with a medal oh, ready wow. for the... Uh, for the winners oh yes um they had a drama class a boxing class they did dancing and they were also allowed to receive parcels and letters from home so it's within the prison they sort of controlled what they did right uh, yeah. and they elected their leaders along a military line so they had a commandant and a student things like that but they're still in prison and they're oh. being guarded by british soldiers yeah gosh that's just amazing that isn't it now you're not going to believe this but our time is up. We've got 22 oh, minutes. No. I know there's a lot more to go. So would you be interested in um, doing a part two sometime? Yes, I can well. do a part two, certainly. Great, that'd be great, thank you, because we can talk about more about life and things then as well. So title is a part two. However, I want to finish with, do you think that the jail acted as a seismograph chronicling Irish history, Anglo-Irish relations, and the struggle for independence? It seems to be very key thing doesn't it everything seems to be happening around it do you know what i mean it, i think perhaps it just because so many different people are held here so many different events are related to it yeah. that you can tell sort of the history of of irish yeah. independence of, of irish relationships with britain during that period sort of by telling the history of the jail and we don't need to stretch too far this you can always find a connection really, this is true yeah. between what's happening in kilmainham jail and what's happening in ireland more widely in britain and in the world mm. as well it's a wonderful site to work at definitely true and that's a good place to visit so you must go and don't forget to see it on the website well thank you again for this very quick that went, can believe it. So we're, after, we're looking forward to a part two now, okay? So I have to arrange that some of the time. So thank you again for joining, much appreciated. No problem, and it was my pleasure.